Hello and welcome to Ode to Games. I'm Kevin Valine, joined alongside Zach Ross. How you doing, Zach? I'm hype. All right. And Logan Plant, how you doing, Logan? Great. New Sonic game announced, so good week. Yeah, we'll be getting into the Sonic announcement. Uh, Pokemon dropped some huge news, so we'll be getting into that a little bit later. But first off, what have y'all been playing, guys? Who wants to go first? I will go first this time. Okay. So for my work over at NintendoWire.com this week, I was assigned to review the newest Dylan game. Uh, Dylan's Rolling Western is a eShop-centric franchise on 3DS. So I've been playing the third entry in the franchise, which is Dylan's Dead Heat Breakers. And uh, if you don't know, it's a tower defense series. Uh, Dylan's A Silent Armadillo. I've never played a Dylan game. But I've now realized that Dylan is totally Nintendo's knockoff of Sonic. Uh, his really? his partner is named Russ, and he's a fox who is really smart and builds a lot of things. Sound familiar? Anyone? Is that the Tales. other Tales? Yeah, the other the Tales. Other tales. <laughs> um, so this game is kind of like Sonic Forces in that it's Dylan, Russ, and your custom character. Oh, man. But... Instead of just being an organic custom character, it's based on your me. And get this, you guys, it's called an amemal. Not an animal, an amemal. It's oh, a meme. It's a cringy yeah. name. And it basically <laughs> just looks like little Logan me running around with cat ears and whiskers on. It's horrible. And so the early morning are the tower defense sections, which are really fun. Pretty solid gameplay. It's uh, basic controls, just circle pad and A as you look at the bottom screen to see like what fortresses need help or where you need to go recharge or support your troops. But then after the battles, you have to do these like fetch quests and repetitive mini games as you're a memel in order to earn enough money to do the actual fun tower defense missions. And it's the first time any of these missions have been in the Dylan games. I did some research. And I think it's because this game costs $40 instead of like $10 like the first two entries did. Oh. But yeah, it's a full retail release. But it's terrible. I'll just give you one example quickly. The worst minigame of the bunch is a store. Uh, you, you play a clerk at a grocery store. And you stock the shelves, which involves just very basic touchscreen tapping what item you want. Then you stand at the cash register and wait for other amemals based on Mies from your 3DS system to come up and check out. And then you add up the total of the shopping cart using a calculator on the bottom screen. I did that for about 15 minutes straight before the session finally ended. It's horrendous, and I really disliked the game. I believe I gave it a 5.8 for the solid tower defense sections, but just terrible, repetitive, unnecessary, thrown-in, amemal gameplay, which takes about half of the game, I would say. Oh. Yeah. It, it is just like uh, newer Sonic, having to shoehorn in stuff that isn't necessarily fun to, to pad out that runtime. Yeah, it's mm. it's very Sonic-y uh, in design, and then the amemal just feels like the custom character. And another quick problem that I hated about it is that uh, Dylan is a silent protagonist and your Amemo doesn't talk either. So Russ, of the three main characters, is the only one that talks. So there will be whole uh, conversations between the three of them where Russ is basically speaking for what Dylan's thinking and then speaking for what Logan is thinking and then speaking for himself. And it just is terrible. 
bad decision to have two of your three main characters not talk. Yeah, yeah why? That doesn't know. make any sense. It doesn't. Uh, so yeah, from what I've seen, not as good as the other Dylan games because they throw in that new gameplay. Other than that, all I've been able to play this week is uh, just today I sat down for 15 to 20 minutes with the Mario Tennis Aces demo. And I know, Zach, you picked up a Switch this week. Uh, no. So, yep, you did. No. So you'll be uh, able to talk about the Aces demo with me. Um, it was, yeah, it was. I got about the same amount of time in it, 15 to 20 minutes earlier today. Yeah, and it's completely revamped tennis gameplay, not like Ultra Smash on Wii U, which I know <laughs> all three of us played. Yeah. Um, but I liked it a lot. It's You have to think about a lot while you're playing uh, what kind of shot you want. You have to be charging up your energy gauge with charge shots and trick shots. Uh, and once you have enough charge, you can use um, a new shot, which is called a zone shot, where the whole camera goes to first person and you have, uh, as a quick timer runs out, you have to aim exactly where on the court you want your shot. And it's not a guaranteed victory because then the defender can use what's called zone speed to slow down time and basically run over to the ball um, faster than it's actually getting there. Um so there's a lot of back and forth with saving up your gauge. You can really exploit your opponent when their gauge is empty. And it, it seems like it has some pretty deep mechanics. What did you think, Zach? Uh, yeah, I found, uh, I wasn't able to master it in the 20 minutes that I played it, which was unfortunate. But I did get a chance to try out most of the uh, different functionalities. Um, I wasn't great at the zoning shot thing and building up my gauge, but I was good at the aim shots and the charge shots. But for a tennis game, you know, it's not super basic and straightforward. There is a lot for people and a lot of skill cap. So you can't just like become a master of the game right away and then destroy everyone. So I'm excited to see how good I can actually become at this game and maybe put up a fight as Waluigi. Yeah. <laughs> Four characters I'm, in the demo I, is all, though. I was sad that Waluigi was not one. It was Peach, Yoshi, Mario, and Luigi? Uh, Bowser. Bowser. Yeah. Sounds like the entire Ultra Smash roster. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> but actually, if you play online a lot during the next four days, the demo runs June 1 through midnight uh, Pacific time on June 3rd, uh, yep. you can unlock more characters to play as in the demo. Um, so if you want to see more characters, you just have to win certain numbers of matches online, I think. So you could go for Waluigi this weekend. I'm, I might try. <laughs> yeah, but really fun. Uh, the biggest problem with Ultra Smash, I think, is that when you play as it's intended with the Mega Mushrooms and all the crazy trick shots on, it doesn't feel like a balanced competitive experience. It's like, well, whoever hits this quick time event first yeah. is probably going to win the point. That sounds pretty accurate. Yeah, so I would say that Aces so far, I feel like, has fixed that. I only got a few matches, and I'm going to put in some more time this weekend. But I think it's finally going to be a, a good Mario sports game. It's been a run of bad ones recently. Yeah, they, they need this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm sure I'll pick it up right around launch. I'm excited about it. Really pretty game, too. I, I really like the look of it. Um, so, yeah, Kevin, you gotta you should hop on that demo this week and try it out, too. I yeah, I need to find the time for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but those are the only things I've been up to this week. I had to plow through the entire uh, monotonous Dylan game to get that in for review. 
how how much time did you put into that? Uh, I put in about thirteen hours. Did you get through most? Yes, most of it. Yes, the it's a yeah, it's about a twelve hour experience, and then I went back a little bit to experience some more. <laughs> that makes it even worse that it costs forty dollars and has monotonous sections like that. Yeah, that is not that long. Yeah, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, not Woo. not a great game. I cannot recommend that one. Oh wait, I I'm stupid. Detroit. We talked oh, about yeah. it last week. I yeah. that feels like so long ago after the the Dylan slump I've been in. Detroit Become Human is freaking awesome, you guys. It is so much fun. Uh, but one of mine and Zach's favorite genres is choice based games. And out of all the ones I've played, I so far early impressions. I think this is uh, my favorite one. You go back and forth between three different android protagonists who are all in very different situations. One is the caretaker for a very famous painter who is crippled in a wheelchair and is uh, probably going to pass away soon. One is a uh, female android who just had her memory wiped and she's being taken back home um, to a very rundown place, kind of in the slums of Detroit, with an abusive father, single father, and his daughter. And the third is the most advanced android ever created, and he's working directly with the Detroit Police Department to investigate why androids have been turning rebellious lately. And you bounce back and forth at a really quick pace. The choices feel more significant than they have in past games I've played like this, and it's also just beautiful. It's super fun, and I think I'll probably beat it by next week's show and talk about it a little more, but definitely a recommend through my first six-ish hours through the game that I got to play uh, last weekend. I, I'm loving it. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, can't Z- believe you almost forgot that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I played so much Dylan, and I couldn't play Detroit, and so it was hard to remember that that came out last week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Zach, uh, anything beyond the Aces demo? Oh, yeah, just a couple things I wanted to touch upon. The first one is an update on the last of us grounded mode (laughs) i i'm on the last last level i'm really close to the end so hopefully by next week this isn't a guarantee because it's really hard uh i should have i should beat the last of us and have that trophy here's hoping so that's that was a fair amount of time this week getting to that point because i was a little ways past three-fourths of the game, so I still had another fourth to get through. But other than that, the main thing that I've been playing this week is the uh, came out the same day as Detroit. It's the Dark Souls Remastered re, uh, uh, for the PS4. Now, I've never played a Dark Souls game until this moment. I played Bloodborne when it was the released on PlayStation Plus free for a couple months ago, two or three months ago. Because we all picked it up, but I was the only one who ever played I it. I forgot. I didn't yeah. pick it up. I'm oh, devastated yeah, exactly. still. Yeah, but I have a friend who's really into the Soul series. So when he found out that Bloodborne was free, he really wanted to play it together. So we got through a good chunk of that game, but we never beat it. So he was like, wow, we really need to play Dark Souls together. So when Dark Souls came out, I bought it, and then I threw it on, and then we started co-oping it together. And I feel like this game lives up to the hype of how hard the Souls series is known to be. But for me personally, it's not proving to be much of a challenge because I'm playing with a guy who's beat this game multiple times 
and knows all the tricks and and little oh, tips yeah. on how to get the good weapons and which way to go to go around all the hard bosses and how to beat bosses. So I feel like I'm not getting the full experience of what a lot of people get from these Souls games. Although I, we are getting invaded by these jerk players from around the world and they're just like killing us for no good reason. It's just rude. I, that's my least favorite part about these games is you can just get invaded by other players and you can't do anything until you either kill them or they kill you. Like, it's really messed up. But uh, other than that, I, I like the design and the feel. It's a little slower than Bloodborne. I think Bloodborne's known for being a bit faster-paced than the regular Souls games, which is fine. I, I think that uh, I prefer the pace of Bloodborne, but I haven't really had an issue with the, the pace of Dark Souls. Uh, the monster designs are pretty, pretty cool. Uh, there's this one popular boss who is really high on a lot of ranking lists of bosses. It's this giant wolf named Sif. I don't know why people love it so much, but there's a lot of lore to it. And me and my friend just beat that wolf. And it was it was a pretty tough fight. But uh, yeah, even though I'm not getting the full full difficulty experience, which is a good thing because I've been challenging myself enough lately. With video games, I need I need a little bit of a break. Golf story, dude. Golf story. Yeah, that game's chill. That's gonna be my saving grace this week. Is golf story. Yeah, so so how, how does it feel to be a switch owner now, Zach? Haven't had as much buyer's remorse as I thought I would. Yeah, so, that's a good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's that's the most I could hope for. Yeah, and yeah. I really like that Aces demo. Me too. It's fun. I'm excited to play more of it. Yep. All right. That's that's all I wanted to talk about. I think I covered it. All right. As for me, uh, slowly getting through some more Yakuza 5. Uh, haven't gotten too much farther in that, but still chugging along there. Trying to get through 5 and 6 this summer. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but the other game that I have been playing, I picked it up uh, last week, and that's Xenoblade Chronicles 2 for the switch i had wanted it ever since i saw the uh the release trailer for it or the the first trailer that they showed at the switch reveal event and uh, i played like 30 hours of the original chronicles game and uh, had a good time with it so i wanted to pick up this second one and it kind of just fell to the wayside because of a bunch of other stuff that came out so i'm finally getting around to it now it is a very pretty looking game uh I love the the world designs of these games because you're you're on the backs of titans and there's entire ecosystems built around just being on backs of these beasts. It it allows for some really cool uh, set designs. Um, just walking around these huge open fields with the incredible music blaring. It, it's it's an incredible soundtrack, really. Uh, lives up to the the Xenoblade soundtracks because Chronicles 1 also had a fantastic soundtrack. The battle system is fun. It's different than than a lot of other RPGs in the sense that you have an auto attack and basically your input is mostly on specials, but uh, I think it works really well. It was uh, the same in in the original Chronicles games, but uh, I enjoy the battle system for that. Haven't put in a ton of time. I think I've put in about seven to eight hours. So I haven't delved too far into a lot of the mechanics in this game. And I've heard from a lot of people that the tutorials go 
a ways. Like you'll be 20, 30 hours in and it's still giving you little tutorials here and there of new stuff that's coming up. So I haven't dived too much into uh, the different blades and drivers that you can get, the rare blades that you can get. Haven't gotten too far into the story, but I've, I've really been enjoying uh, my time with it. Have a couple of little complaints on it. Uh, first, when you play it in handheld mode, there's a noticeable dip in graphical quality. Um, it's weird because the menus and everything, those are still it crisp, but uh, the character models and everything look a little bit more jaggedy and, and, and blurrier, uh, and it's rather noticeable, but not a deal breaker considering the size of the game and you're playing it on a handheld. Uh, the other weird thing, and they had this in the original game, but in the opening areas, there'll be dudes walking around that are level like 85 and you're like, I'm, I'm like 16. And so you're just walking around and these random enemies will just aggro you and one shot you from like nowhere. And so you have to go, you know, it's not too bad because you don't have to go back too far, but it's super annoying when you're just walking around one of the opening areas in the, of the game and you just get absolutely slaughtered out of nowhere by this huge dude. Uh, it, yeah, it's a little bit annoying. Really weird. <laughs> yeah. um, because not only are there like, just like big dudes that are walking around, there'll be birds that you don't even see and you just die. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, but, I'm having a good time. Uh, I want to put a little bit more time into it. I'm pretty been pretty busy, but I'm excited because I'll be traveling a lot and this will be a good game uh, to take on the road and just uh, sink my teeth into. Absolutely. When I, have I could get time. you. I could get you through the whole summer. Yeah. I mean, people are putting in 80 to 100 hours easy uh, to get through it. So having a good time there. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, you you wanted that one for a while, so I'm glad you got around to picking it up. Yeah, yeah, I've been meaning to do it for so long, and now I'm finally getting around to it. But uh, that is all I've been playing, so why don't we hop into the news? We got Pokemon in the news, we got Sonic in the news. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's start with Sonic. Team Sonic Racing was announced. Uh, we heard back in March that... Sonic's new title for the year would be a racing title, and now we have confirmation on what it is. It's developed by Sumo Digital, which is the same group that made Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing and transformed uh, the last two Sonic Racing games. Uh, it looks pretty similar to those from the teaser trailer we saw, just 25 seconds and four screenshots in addition to that. Um, but the different thing about it is it's almost Sonic Heroes-ish in that you work together with other players um, using different items and moves as a team. Not like Double Dash where you're in one car, but you're still working together from separate cars. Um, so it's a, an interesting co-op racer, and that's about all we know about it. But I'm excited. Yeah. Sonic Racing. Yeah, it it's, it's funny because when they first announced it, they're like, yeah, it's not tied to any other, you know, part of the sonic universe and man it really looks like and i know that there's little technical things that make it different but man does this game look a lot like the other recent sonic mm -hmm. racing games a big difference <laughs> is there aren't sega characters anymore that's it's true. just sonic um the items are now completely wisps um all the power-ups are going to be wisps there's this new co-op mechanic so i think it is different enough to warrant a new franchise but 
I agree. The way they made it sound like it was going to be a bigger shakeup than this. Yeah. yeah, but it it still looks cool. And what it was announced forty dollars for this yep, one as well. Forty bucks, just like forces. <laughs> Sonic uh, going in with those budget titles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's cool about this is now all three of us own Switches and all three of us own PS4s, so we can all pick which one we want to get it on together. I'm excited about that. Xbox. Xbox, no thanks. But yeah, we, we got to have a Sonic Club, online Sonic Club, and there's an adventure mode, which is supposed to act as an introduction to the game, and I think we can play that online co-op, so the three of us should definitely hit that up when it comes out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, they'll uh, provide a good number of tracks. They've said 15 playable characters. Um, which isn't a ton. You know, which isn't a lot, and you know, obviously, this isn't a mainline Sonic game, but that's always the concern of especially if it's a budget title like how much is going to be in this game i'm i'm curious how substantial it's going to be how many tracks would you be satisfied with both of you what are you expecting uh 16 yeah that's about where i'm at honestly uh because sonic and sega all-stars racing always had like around 20 i think after you unlocked everything so yeah. i could and those were 60 dollars so i can see 16 for this game and maybe that's fair for a $40 for a $40 console game. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm excited about it. Uh, that's coming out this winter. Uh, no hard release date yet. There will be a Japan stream for Sonic's birthday uh, coming up. I think later next week. So maybe we'll see more on it there. If not there at E3 for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. E3 definitely. Uh, before we hop into Pokemon, I think that'll be a little bit of a larger discussion. Another big announcement for a franchise this week. Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey is coming out this year. Confusing. Super Mario Odyssey. That threw yeah, me for a loop. seriously. Um, but it is taking place in ancient Greece. That's a really cool setting, I think, for the franchise to go next. Um, people really seem to like Origins. That was a reboot of the franchise after it got stale for the annual releases. Looks like we're back to annual releases, but hopefully this one picks up where that one left off. Yeah, uh, the ancient Greece thing should be really cool, and I know that a lot of people enjoyed Origins a lot for just the entire setting and the ability to explore uh, this, uh, you know, creative world of, like, Egypt. So maybe ancient Greece will have the same draw. Oh. Was it... Was it Assassin's Creed Unity that was the letdown? Unity was the very broken one that tried to okay. be multiplayer. Yes. I think that's <laughs> what, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, I was confusing yeah. that one with Origins. No, Origins is Egypt, which people loved. It yeah. just came out last year. Yeah. Got it. So my, my sister is huge into Assassin's Creed now after Origins. So she was really excited. She uh, actually majored in um, ancient ancient greek in college so she's really excited to play a whole game in ancient greece oh yeah yeah so that's a cool announcement for fans of that franchise um hopefully it keeps going strong because i hate to see lazy annual releases which it seems like they got into for a little while there yeah yeah you never know with uh companies like ubisoft you know (laughs) yeah just cranking stuff out sometimes and all right now by far the biggest announcement of the week Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee were rumored heavily this time last week, and now they are confirmed coming to Switch uh, this November. And I got to say, guys, I'm kind of underwhelmed. What do you guys think of this announcement? 
Uh, well, it's it's a tease because it's not the actual mainline Pokemon that they were they were talking about before. This is something separate entirely, and it it's also kind of a letdown because they are like starting over to something we've done a million times with Pokemon that I am attached to. I love me some Pikachu and some Eevee, but man, I've had enough of Pikachu and Eevee. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I agree. It's back to Kanto, and I have a lot of pros and a lot of cons. Um, my biggest cons, since we're kind of on the negative side right now, it looks like an up 3DS game to me. I oh, was yeah. expecting something bigger from Pokemon's Switch debut. I know we had Pokken, but that doesn't really count. Uh, this is the first RPG on Switch, and it honestly looks like an up version of what we've been seeing recently with Sun and Moon, X and Y, uh, on 3DS. Like, it looks yeah. fine, but it's it's not what I expected uh, the leap to uh, the first true home console Pokemon to be. Yeah, for sure. Graphically, it's a little bit underwhelming, you know, but it, it's already going back to Kanto where we've already been. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, it, if you're, if you're cutting the corner there, then, you know, it doesn't surprise me that they would do this anyways. And, you know, in the back of my mind, that was kind of what I thought they were going to do as much as I wanted them to make a much larger leap forward. And that's still possible because we have this core game coming out in 2019, as much as it's possible that, they, you know, completely not not redefine, but just like create a much better engine for the game to run on on Switch. You know, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, yeah, this is entirely possible where, you know, it's just a, a 3DS game, but much crisper. Yes, definitely crisper. But another thing is the gameplay too. Let's Go is in the title. And I don't think I really interpreted how much Pokemon Go is really going to be an influence you don't even fight wild Pokemon in these new Switch games. You encounter them, and then using the motion control in the Joy-Con or the $50 Pokeball controller that's coming out exclusively for this game, yep. you use it like your smartphone, and you play Pokemon Go on your TV. And that uh, that is really frustrating for me. As someone who doesn't like Go and wanted a more core Pokemon experience that took different risks i'm really glad pokemon's trying something different but I, I know it sounds like i'm really whining to say this but i wanted them to take different risks and push it in a different direction not make it more like the mobile game that yes had a huge following but i personally and i know a lot of other core pokemon fans aren't huge on yeah and and, and here's the thing i think uh with this game i'm first of all thank goodness that the other core game exists that makes let's go Pikachu and Eevee much more palatable for people who aren't necessarily interested in it because there is hope that there is a much bigger game on the horizon, but to, to get to that Pokemon go crowd, I feel like it makes a lot of sense for them to go back to Kanto because for some some Pokemon Go fans have, have not played Pokemon before, but a lot of them, you know, they were the people that played it way back in the day and completely lost interest. That's the group that they're going after here. And for a core fan, you're probably not the target demographic here, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. It, yep. It, 
it's just a business strategy here to try and pull more people in and maybe get them attached so that when the next game comes out in 2019, it could be even bigger. I feel like that's what they're going for here, whether or not core fans are all that interested in it. Yeah, I agree. They're pulling in people who lost interest and still have the Gen 1 nostalgia, and they're pulling in everyone that played Pokemon Go and has never even touched a core Pokemon game. And young, a young audience, I think, will enjoy throwing a Pokeball at their TV to catch a Pokemon. But yeah, for people like us, I don't think it's the game for us, even though I think Zach and I are still going to play it together. Yep. <laughs> because Absolutely. there's co-op. And that's one of my biggest pros from this announcement, is that there's co-op, which I've always wanted. Black and white toyed with it. There's this weird, like, dream world where you can be in the same place but not see each other. And that was the closest we ever got. And so to actually see them just shake another Joy-Con and right there is another trainer next to you, I think that's going to be really fun. Yeah, I wonder how that whole thing is is going to work if they're going to have... I mean, it would just be a drop-in, so you just take the the other Pokemon that they have in the party, in the party of six, so they're kind of just there and they just do battles and walk around. I don't know. Like, they wouldn't have their own set, right? Or would they? I don't know, because... It also looks like it kind of breaks the game. Like, it shows them throwing two Pokeballs at one Pokemon, and it gets captured. Yeah. And then it shows them playing a two-on-one Pokemon battle against a trainer. <laughs> so, are, are Zach and I just going to steamroll through the game? Like, I don't know. I mean, you are probably going to steamroll through it regardless, but yeah. even more so, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, balancing may be an issue there. So, co-op, welcome edition. I also love that they're going back to having your Pokemon follow you. I loved that in Hardcore. That's what I'm most excited for. Yeah. So there are some pros, but there's just some definite cons. And for $60, it looks like a much lighter experience, especially with how much it's borrowing from Go. So I don't know. I'm a little worried about it, but it'll probably be fun enough. That's the other thing about it looking like an up-res 3DS game. Those games were $40. I feel like you have to innovate a little bit more to say, okay, now these games are going to start costing $60. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it being on the Switch is just an excuse for it to cost a full retail price for a home console game when it might be Especially a this experience. one specifically. Yeah. Like, if, now you, that, if you charge 60 for the core game next year, I get it. But for this one, I'm not so sure. Yeah. yeah. Also, one thing I'd like to address for all the people who are complaining about the removal of random battles because they level up on that. Who in the world levels up on wild Pokemon? It's the worst way to do it. Level up on trainers. I just wanted to say I, that. I do know wow. that. I do wow. know that Who like uh, competitive players use certain That's routes true. to like but, get the right IVs or whatever. But beyond that, but competitive has already been said to not really exist in this game. So. Yeah, yeah, not for them. <laughs> yeah, but, but if I you're know... leveling up based on the wild Pokemon, you're dumb. <laughs> yep level up on the trainers i know i'm gonna be versus seeker come on um i know i'm gonna be a total sucker and buy this anyways and i'm gonna make zach play co-op with me next year Mm -hmm. uh so we'll definitely have more to say on it and maybe it'll be at e3 also but without the announcement of a true core game next year people would be furious yeah it's fine that this is a kind of a spin-off title um but as long as the true hardcore uh, Pokemon game comes out next year. There's nothing wrong with this. Yep. Except the price. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The price. I, I'm not, I'm not happy that it's 60 bucks. Yeah. For going back to Kanto again. Uh, for what? The 
I don't even know anymore. Kanto's been in so many games. <sighs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. been let's see, red, <laughs> red, blue, yellow, gold, silver, crystal, fire red, leaf green, hard gold, soul silver, and now these. It's in so many games. Yeah, and it's not even the best region. Let's be honest, guys. It's not. Kanto's it not is. the best region. It is the best. Yeah. But it's every it's the one everybody knows. That is true. Yeah. That's why yeah. it has so much staying power. Those are the news stories we have for this week, Kevin. All right. So now we're going to hop into the O2 segment. And this week, in the spirit of Sonic and him getting back into his car to race again, we're going to be talking about our favorite racing games of all time. Any racing games. Uh, it's not uh, limited to any specific style. Just any racing game that uh, you have a special attachment to. Who wants to go first with their favorite racing game? Zach does. I will. Oh. Zach, all right. Whoa. All right. You're assigned again. Okay. So uh, I wanted to honorable mention real quick a couple games. Uh, the first being the, well, not a game so much as a series. I really like the Dirt series. I don't know if you guys ever heard about this. Yeah, I've I played Dirt. Yep. You've played Dirt? Okay. I really like the Dirt series, but I feel like it gets overshadowed by the bigger Forza and Gran Turismo. So I think if there's someone out there who really likes racing games and you haven't tried Dirt, it is like a real-world racing simulator. So there's lots of options of real-life cars and very uh, wet, uh, cool tracks, you know, different kinds of weather, stuff like that. So I think that's, that's, one of, that's my favorite real-world racing simulator type of game series. So I just want to give that an honorable mention because it it's uh, a dirt game didn't make my top, but and the other honorable mention I want to give is Jack X Combat Racing, which is the racing spinoff to the Jack and Daxter franchise made by Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog is really good at making racing games for whatever reason because they're good at everything. But I played that game back on the PS2. I haven't touched it since, even though it recently came out for the PS4 with the rest of the Jack and Daxter games, minus the fourth one. But, so, I really want to delve back into that, but that's for the future. Okay, so, my my favorite racing game of all time is the one that brings me the most nostalgia, and surprise, surprise, it's the other Naughty Dog racing game. It's Crash Team Racing. Has Have you guys ever played Crash Team Racing? I have not. No? I played it with a friend uh, a little while ago, and she destroyed me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> This is, it has a weird high skill cap. It's a it's I think it's uh it's Sony's attempt at countering Mario Kart. I assume you know because it's their mascot in a kart racing setting. But this game came it. out in 1999 and it had 15 characters, which is the amount that Sonic Team <laughs> Racing is gonna have now. Woo! So I feel like this game was way ahead of its time or this new Sonic game is way behind its time. I'm not sure which one's could be both. accurate. It could it could be both. But this game, when I think about racing games, this one definitely brings me the most nostalgia because I had it back on the PS1 and I used to play it with my cousins and my brother all the time. And I would play as Tiny. He was my favorite character. I really liked him because he was like really buff and stuff and his name was Tiny. So it was kind of ironic. I was a really ironic child, so I thought that was funny. And this game had uh, basically everything that Mario Kart had. I didn't have any Nintendo consoles as a kid, so this was my Mario Kart as a kid. And uh, it had... No, this was a really good game, trust me. It was made by Naughty Dog, so you know it's good. That's true. So it had 
15 characters. I'm not sure how many tracks. It had quite a few. It had a, actually a decent story line for all the... They had an enemy, like a main villain, and then all the heroes and all the villains, and the racing mechanics were solid. They had a solid drift. All the items were cool. The tracks were inventive and fun. The music was phenomenal. And it had uh, different... Um, different modes it had the uh, the adventure mode which is some, not a lot of uh, uh common in racing games you don't really find an adventure mode and then they got time trial arcade versus mode and battle mode so that's that's a lot to do for a 1999 ps1 racing game and it really took up a lot of my time as a child and it had my favorite characters because i played a lot of crafts as a child and i thought this was just the whole package and every time i see it it just gives me a weird burst of nostalgia and I haven't played it since I was a child, but now I really want to play it. So if I'll play it with you, if you track it down. Exactly. If I can, if I can get a copy for my newly acquired PS one, I would be happy to play it, but I feel like it's, there's a distinct possibility. It could get remastered in a weird wave of racing remasters. If that ever happens, <laughs> that'd so be pretty cool. That would be really cool. I really hope that happens. So, yeah, that's my favorite. Well, I know that when the Insane Trilogy came out, a lot of people were like, hey, Crash Team Racing, because a lot of people really like it. Yeah, well, that's when they uh, just re-released Jack and Daxter Collection. They were like, and here's Jack X Combat Racing because we love our fans. But they just didn't do that with Crash yeah. Bandicoot, which makes a lot of sense because they would have had to remaster the entire game, yeah, which would yeah. be a lot of effort. So I can't really blame them. Kevin, what's your yeah. favorite racing game? All right, quick honorable mention for me. Uh, this was an Xbox 360 game uh, that I played a lot of back in the day. Test Drive Unlimited. Uh, it had the he. It had a whole map of Honolulu, Hawaii, that you could drive around on open world, do a bunch of different races in. I thought it was the coolest thing back in 2006 or seven when that game came out. <laughs> wow. But just had a bunch of fun driving around uh, the map of of Honolulu. Super cool, but. If you listen to uh, one of the first uh, episodes of the show we did on our favorite games, you know that I had a certain racing game on my top 10 games of all time, and that would be Burnout 3 Takedown, yeah. the best arcade racer, in my opinion, that has ever existed. The normal racing is great, but I think the road rage and crash uh, uh, parts of the game are where it really shines just the crash mode, because I don't really see it in too many other games of just trying to cause the most damage in uh, a really enclosed space in a racer uh, doesn't happen too often. And then the road rage, the it's, it's really fun because there is, because you're, you're smashing these cars and getting boost, but everything can kill you. So it's a matter of you, the skill of having to run them off the road while still knowing that if you're boosting, you're probably going to slam into something and die. Uh, it There's a deceptive amount of skill that's required to play, but I also feel like someone can hop right in uh, and have a good time playing it as well uh, that makes it fun to master, but also fun for someone to just jump in and play. I think it's... I want a remaster of that game so bad. When they remastered Burnout Paradise, I'm over here like, come on, Burnout 3, I want that... I want Burnout 3 on my PS4 or something. I adore that game. Also, the soundtrack, say what you will about 
early 2000s punk rock, but I like it. <laughs> it's a rocking soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, I remember we played it for just a little bit, and I was awful for the most part. Then I just had one match where I just dominated. It's like, man, if I was good at this game, it'd be fun to just go out and do that every match. I can see how that that one could get really addicting. Yeah, yeah, it's so good, so good. I played it so much as a kid. So, Burnout 3, someone someone remaster it, please. I'm waiting for it. I'd pick it up, too. All right, All right my, my favorite racers. I have four. I'm gonna I'm gonna run through three really quickly and talk about one. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is an outstanding kart game. Awesome battle mode. Perfect tracks. Great variety. Large roster of characters. I love that game. I think it's the best Mario Kart. Um, but I thought that pick was a little too safe, so I went with something more out there for a game I'm really attached to. Diddy Kong Racing on DS and N64. I've played that game to death. Has a really good adventure mode too. A um, lot of cool characters in there. Uh, I love being able to choose between a car, a plane, and a hovercraft. Those are really cool options that completely change the course. Yet you could still be competitive no matter which one you were going up against. Um, so that was really cool too. Sonic R is a game I love. <laughs> five tracks, but really fun. Some Four solid tracks and one really bad track. Um, yep. But I love Wait, Which that one's game. the really bad one? Actually, it's the... Is it the seizure-inducing one? or <laughs> That one's bad, but I, I, I really like the one that's hard to navigate. I've gotten better at it, um, but I kind of count those as half-awful tracks, and so yeah. it's, it's, it's four good tracks in the end. Uh, okay. And then right. my favorite racer that I have the most nostalgia for and have played a ton of in my life is Kirby Air Ride on the GameCube. Uh, that's one of the first Kirby games I ever actually played, and... The racing is really fun, but what I love about this racer is the City Trial. Have you guys ever played Kirby Air Ride City Trial? I didn't play no. Kirby Air Ride at all. So what, Me neither. What the City Trial is, uh, you're dropped into an open city, which is really big actually, and you have three minutes to go around and upgrade your Warp Star or find a better Warp Star. Um and you break boxes to get upgrades and speed and turning and charge and boost. And then two random events happen at the two-minute mark and the one-minute mark. Like Dynablade, the giant Kirby bird, will show up and start terrorizing the town. If you kill it, you get a really good star. Um, or it'll say, hey, there's a feast over at this building, and you have to get over there as quick as you can to grab a bunch of food. Um, and then at the end of the three frantic minutes, you do an event. Um, and there's like 25 events in Kirby Air Ride. There's like long jump, see how far you can glide on your warp star. There's enemy battles. There's head to head battles. Sometimes there's a one lap race. So you have to build your car in preparation of the final event. And then whoever wins the event, uh, takes the city trial. And my sister and I played that mode to death when we were kids. It's so much fun. I still have that city memorized. Whenever I drop in, I know where, where to go to look for the right stars and the right drops and the music is just so nostalgic for me, and I, I love that game. Kirby Air Ride gets a bit of a, a bad rap for being bland, but it's it's a really special game to me. Mm. City Trial. Yeah. We, we should have played it. We should have played it last year. I, I might bring it up to school uh, after summer's over. That game's so good. It's a game I see a lot of people uh, kind of coming around to in the last few years. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple of people be like, yeah, Kirby Air Ride. Really like it. Yeah. So 
maybe maybe that's a game that uh, opinions are slowly starting to change on a little bit. Yeah, I love that game. And then also there's a free run in the city trial where there's just no timer and no events and you can just explore. And my sister and I would each like pick where our little houses were and we would just take cars from the garage and park them in our houses and just just goof around like you do in in open games like that when you're kids. So that's the game I just dinked around in for countless hours. So I always have a soft spot for it. Racing games are so good, man. They are. It's true. Yeah. I played a lot of them as a kid. Star Fox Racing, Sonic Team Racing. I'm excited. All the, yeah. Sonic oh, yeah. Team Racing has a lot to live up to. Sonic R set the bar. It did. <laughs> it did. I love that game, guys. Yeah, they're going to have to one-up that and go for six tracks. Six, six tracks. tracks, nine characters. Can and they do it? two of them are absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like, yeah, uh, turn right and go through this, like, minuscule crack and then instantly go left and then you're lost. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully, I mean, they have the R. I, I wonder, they better take some cues. Like, one I track is just, like, Sonic R. Yep. That'd be that soundtrack. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah. Really good. But, yeah, racing games are fun. And I'm looking forward to to getting on with you guys yeah. and playing Sonic Team Racing whenever whenever that comes out. Yeah, this winter. Switch or PS4, it's going to be my internal debate for the next eight months. <laughs> I'm oh. gonna, I want to fight for the Switch because now I need Switch titles to make myself feel better. All right, I can agree with that. Switch it is. Well, that debate was easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be debating this straight. Oh, what? No, I've already decided. Oh. We're done. No internal debate. That is going to do it for us on this episode of Ode to Games. Any final thoughts from either of you guys before we finish this off? Uh, next week, we got to do our E3 prediction show. Because after oh, that. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh. So be thinking, guys. Um, Waluigi and Smash. <laughs> Hopefully. That's all I got. That's, yeah. all, that's my only thing. Yeah. Also, la- again. Ooh, Waluigi and Last of Us Part 2. Uh, no, thanks. Waluigi and Sonic Team Racing. Yes. Oh, man. Waluigi, Waluigi in every game. Yep. It's all Sonic characters except Waluigi. <laughs> He's just there. Best crossover That's... ever. Yes. It'll happen. All right. That is going to do it for us on this episode of Ode to Games. You can listen to the show every Friday, or in this case, uh, Saturday when this goes up a little late on that. But uh, we usually go up every Friday on iTunes or any other podcast service that you use. We're on Twitter at Ode to Games, and you can send us an email, Games_cast at gmail.com. For Logan and Zach, I'm Kevin. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you all next week with E3 Stuff.